wanted, dead or alive? Find out what I mean on this episode of Pushback. you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone. It's Dr. Johnny here, and this is another episode of Pushback. I have to testify to you coming this week that my back surgery is doing extremely well. I feel like I'm hitting on all cylinders. Um, Those around me that love me are trying to hold me back a little bit and making sure that I behave. Um, But I'm very optimistic and I'm feeling very good and essentially pain-free. And uh, that is such a blessing. Um, So I give God the glory for that. And I thank all of you for your prayers and support as well. And uh, I feel energized. I feel like I'm still ready to go take on the world. And that's what this podcast is all about. And so before I get into the message today, a few things I want to say preliminarily. My wife and I are speaking at a Revival in the Rockies. Uh, this is uh, June 23rd through the 29th, uh, just outside of Glacier National Park, which I believe is one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And so if you've never been there, there's two great reasons to come this summer. It's a great getaway for your family. Uh, you will be sewed into. My wife and I are regular speakers there speaking usually about family. Um, Don't know exactly what we're speaking about this year, Uh, but also guest speakers are Tony Kemp, Matt Sorger, and Ivan Tuttle. It's going to be a great, great week. Uh, We prioritize this for us and our family, uh, and, uh, and it's so important, I believe, that you are there with your family as well. Worship is off the hook. Um, it's such a great place to connect with people and to connect with God in in a place that is truly heavenly. Uh, so I believe it'll be worth your while. It's a long drive through the Dakotas and Montana, but when you get there, it'll be so worth it uh, and so uh, worth your time. So would you please look into that by going to rainministries.org, rain, R-A-I-N, ministries.org. Um, there's still plenty of room to register uh, and get connected there. Um, and I I can promise you that it'll be worth it for you and your family. And uh, it would be our pleasure to be able to minister to you and to sow into you as well. So please check into that as well. I also um, am going to ask you to go to gofam.org, G-O-F-A-M. That is the ministry website uh, for GoFam Ministries where we have our resources on family, parenting, and marriage. And I, and I ask you to connect to those two and look at those resources. There's wonderful resources for children uh, as well there. Um, and also gives our calendar of events where we're going to be speaking. Uh, we do regular marriage uh, events and we have some parenting events on the docket as well. And so we'd love to be able to sow into you in that regard as well. GoFam.org. And then of course, don't forget about PushbackCulture.org. Push pushbackculture.org is the website for this podcast. Excellent opportunity for you to connect with me. Um, You can disagree with me. You can ask questions. You can give topics for future podcasts. I would love to hear from you, but also it's just a portal to connect to the podcast itself. Or if you want to see my smiling face, you can go to YouTube and watch me 
there. So I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned those things to you because really podcasting is all about connectivity and connecting with people and audiences, um, not only of like-minded people, but even those that maybe would disagree uh, with the hope um, that always has been my goal from the beginning, that I would be able to present these topics with such honor that um, we could have discussions from all sides, even those who disagree, because these topics are so important. So today I'm going back to the topic of abortion, uh, and I apologize on one foot because I, I tend to go back to this topic very often, and that's because of my passion. I still believe it's the most and the biggest civil rights issue of my lifetime, for sure. Um, I'm passionate. It drives me, um, and I, I have to keep hitting that nail um, with the hammer of truth uh, and the hammer of moral superiority on this topic. And so I, I want to continue to give you words to be able to talk about it because the way that we transform this world isn't through political legislation. It's through the hearts of the people, which in turn affect political legislation, not the other way around. And so we have to, around our dining room table, around the fire pit, around the water cooler, around our everyday life in the car as we, as we commute to work, those are times and opportunities to talk about these situations. But if we do it with anger and dishonor, the conversation is closed. If we can talk about the real facts and the issues uh, from a biblical standpoint, but also knowing that his ways are higher than our ways, we don't have to quote 1 Corinthians every time we talk with somebody, but we have to understand what... 1 Corinthians instills in us so that we know the truth, so that we're able to convey thoughts accurately, effectively, and laden with truth. That's my heart. And so I want to keep going back to this abortion comment uh, topic. So on my other foot, I am not apologizing <laughs> at all about continuing to bring up this issue because I believe that it is so critical. Uh, something happened uh, this week, which I thought was absolutely amazing as a physician uh, and certainly as a pro-life advocate. Um, it's an uh, article entitled, Boston Doctors Perform Groundbreaking, brown, <laughs> Groundbreaking Brain Surgery on Baby Still in Womb. A team of doctors from Brigham, uh, Women's, Brigham and Women's Hospital and Boston Children's Hospital performed a brown breaking, <laughs> groundbreaking surgery. Say that three times fast. Groundbreaking surgery on a baby still in the womb. The remarkable brain surgery was, was performed recently for the first time in the United States. Derek and Kenyatta Coleman are from Louisiana. Theirs was a normal pregnancy until doctors noticed something unusual on their 30-week ultrasound. That was when they had to choose whether or not to treat their baby before she was born. Baby Denver was growing normally inside her mom when on a routine ultrasound, doctors discovered that she had a vein of Galen malformation, a rare blood vessel abnormality inside the brain. Many babies with this condition develop heart failure or brain damage and others don't survive. In fact, Denver's heart was struggling and the malformation was getting dangerously large. So at 34 weeks of pregnancy, a team at Boston Children's and the Brigham uh, were able to repair her malformation while she was still in the uterus using ultrasound guidance, a needle similar to those used for amniocentesis and tiny coils that were placed directly into the abnormal blood vessels to stop blood flow. They gave images on this article of sort of the before and after uh, miracle of this procedure. Dr. Darren Orbach, a Boston Children's Hospital physician, spoke about the intricate procedure performed. 
The best part was when she was born, just seeing her in the NICU being fine. And you know, we would all sort of like to look at each other and pinch ourselves, Orbach said. We were not sure when it was okay to celebrate because you just don't see that with these babies. So that was really the moment that we knew that all was going to be great. Denver's mom and dad say um, uh, so much came into place to save their little girl. Derek and I are deeply rooted in our faith and we prayed hard for this. Kenyatta Coleman said, you know, there was no doubt in our minds that God would perform a miracle. And he did. On a public platform using a little girl before she was even born, she made her mark on the world. It's been weeks since the procedure and mom and baby are doing very well. The couple says that they are eternally grateful to the healthcare team that took care of them here in Boston, but are happy to be home in Louisiana with their three other children. It's a beautiful story, a heartwarming story, a story of, of medicine moving in and, and really performing a miracle that had never been done before in this way, and a family rooted in faith that wanted this little girl, wanted the best for this little girl. But here's the crazy part. Here's the part where you have to take a step back and consider what's happening here. The difference between a miracle and murder is simply whether the baby was wanted. Whether the baby was wanted. That's the difference. A wanted baby, everybody bends over backwards for, saves her life. Doctors are pinching themselves. I'm sitting here with tears in my eyes because of the preciousness of this life in utero, not a fetus, not tissue, not a glob of cells, but a baby with unending innumerable value to this family and their gratitude for her life being saved versus an unwanted pregnancy. The only difference is in the heart of the mother, an unwanted pregnancy who's willing to murder and abort this child because of one selfish determination by a mother who determines that this baby is unwanted. There's an irony here, and I, I, I want to be careful not to generalize too much because I know there's always other factors at play. But there's an irony because most young girls who become pregnant out of wedlock, which is the incredible percentage of those who are seeking abortion, those people became pregnant because of a desire to be wanted. I just want that to sink in for a second. They actually became pregnant because of a desire to be wanted. And it's interesting that after they become pregnant, the baby is aborted because the baby is unwanted. See, these are Decisions from the soul, a decision based on emotion and feelings. Not a decision based on our spirit, not a decision based on prudence, not a decision based on life, but simply a soulish decision of something wanted or unwanted. And that's the determination between dead or alive. You know, I finally heard 
one abortion activist who was completely honest. And I would like to share what she said because I sort of honor her for it because this is what we all have been thinking and finally somebody has actually come out and said it. The pro-abortion group said by this woman who was in that camp said, we are fighting for the right to have unprotected sex without consequence. See, ultimately it has to boil down to the fact that this is beyond just pregnancy. This is beyond, oh, now I'm in a bad situation. This is about a consequence to behavior. We talked about it last week when we talked about the word moral. The moral people actually understand that there's consequences to your actions. What she is saying here is that we actually want to have unprotected sex without consequence. We're not considering any consequences to our actions. We just simply want to do what we want to do. And if abortion removes the consequences, all the better. Now, I know that's a generalization and not everybody's opinion may line up with what this one activist said, but we've all thought it. We all think that probably could be the case. And we know that pregnancies come from this situation. Not all of them, and there's other situations, and in third world countries, things are different. And I, I get all that. But as ugly as that statement is, I believe it's true. It's kind of a drop the mic moment. Like, let's boil this down to what this really means. This isn't just about a woman's right to choose whether she is going to have a baby or not. This is about reproductive rights. And you'll see that word on there, reproductive rights, which means that you can actually have sex, unprotected sex, without consequence. That's really what we're fighting for here. Because that side of the aisle doesn't want to debate about life or when life begins, please see other podcasts of mine where that's the only question that really matters because we're dealing with an American citizen life. They don't really want to discuss that point. They want to talk about the people that vote, the women, the women who want the right to have unprotected sex without consequence. That's what this discussion is about. It's a drop the mic. It's the ugly moment that we've all been waiting for which is called honesty and truth. So let's let's get it out in the open. Let's have that discussion with those who are around us. And say that. Say that you've heard an activist actually say that and get people's response who are pro-choice. Get their response and say, do you agree with this? Do you feel like this is what the discussion is really about? Because it always boils down to our own moral behavior and the consequences to our behavior. That's what it always boils down to. Every conversation, there's nothing new under the sun. Because God the Father has given us boundaries, and inside the boundaries we operate in complete freedom. But he's given us boundaries because he loves us. And when we operate outside of those boundaries, guess what? We become sick. We want to operate outside the boundaries without consequences. (laughs) And it's not set up that way. We realize that. I had to to chuckle really hard, and I, I, I know it's kind of hard to believe sometimes some of these things that you read but <laughs> i i kind of did a double take on this headline and it was t- entitled the top 10 reasons teenagers become pregnant <laughs> i mean th- think about that headline 
there's actually 10. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I thought there was only one. I mean, I'm, I'm a medical doctor and I, I think I learned that the reason you become pregnant is through sexual intercourse. <laughs> I didn't know there were 10 ways. It surprised me, but these are the top reasons teenagers become pregnant. I mean, seriously. And of course, none of them are talking about the personal responsibility of actually having sex with somebody with the consequence of becoming pregnant. That wasn't any of the 10. Let me just give you a couple of them just for humor's sake, I guess. I mean, these are, these are, these are culture reasons while somebody might have an increased chance of becoming pregnant, but, but there's only one reason you become pregnant. Lack of information about sexual and reproductive health. So that's the reason is that they're just not educated enough. Inadequate access to services tailored to young people. Family, community, and social pressures. Sexual violence. Child early enforced marriages. Well, I mean, that does happen in countries, I, in certain, certain cultures. I get that. Lack of education or school dropout. So those are conditions. Those aren't reasons you become pregnant. Those are conditions that perhaps make people desperate or have perhaps put people in position to desire to be wanted, feeling outcast, afraid, lonely, all the reasons that we act outside of boundaries. That all might be true, but there's only one reason. And none of the solutions in this article from Plan International, none of these solutions was abstinence, like avoid having sex with people. That was never one of the solutions. The solution was more education. Let's talk more about sexuality. Let's talk more about options before and after you're pregnant. Of course, those are the solutions that the world offers because they want to, they want to have freedom of choice and freedom of consequence of choice. And this article was dripping with it, dripping with that absolute truth that there's actually 10 reasons that teenagers become pregnant and none of them is because they're having sex. It just, it blows my mind. Like, what are we missing? My friends, this is common sense communication that we as a culture can talk about. You take this baby that had this procedure in Boston and the preciousness of that baby and then flip the coin and see how life is treated so cavalier in other arenas. My friends, we have that we we have the privilege of being ambassadors of heaven on the earth and discussing the father's boundaries for us. We have the the privilege to be here on this earth discussing life and and how we were all created with purpose and drive. I don't spend one day where I don't think about why I'm here on this earth and the things that I should be doing, whether it's simply mowing my yard or writing things down that could change the world or doing a podcast. It doesn't matter as long as we're hearing the Father's voice and his destiny for us. What a fulfilled life when we know that we were made with a purpose. And that's what everybody's longing for. If we want to change the conditions that affect teenage pregnancy, the changing conditions is about identity and purpose on this earth. You give young girls identity and purpose, and guess what? They're not going to look for it in other places. What a privilege we have to sit in that place and to be those people. I count it as a privilege. And so we cannot tire 
of it. We, we, I, I know that when we, if we can target abstinence and we can target fatherlessness, that we can actually change the conversation about abortion. The numbers will go down. Those are things that we can talk about and that we can connect with people. And that's our privilege here on this earth. Will you do it with me? Will you be bold enough to stand on the street corner and shout it? Because these things matter, we can actually affect not only the way people behave within a boundary, we can discuss the advantages of that, but we can actually change this this lifeless society that we live in from the inside and from the out. We can actually give them better lives, not only just save innocent lives. Isn't that what we want? For all lives to flourish. And so we can talk about boundaries and the importance of living in those. It says in the Bible that he knew us in our mother's womb. He formed us. He knitted us together. There is an intimacy in those words, an intimacy with a connection of a father. And so baby Denver, who had the surgery done, her life is already has destiny and purpose. Her her mom is already declaring over her that she's left a mark on the world already as a newborn. And I believe that over her and over her life, not just because of surgical procedure, but because of, because the father knitted her together and knew her and knows her. Those are intimate, intimate words. And that's true for every baby in every womb. And if we can connect with mothers to feel identity and worth and purpose in their lives, then it's contagious. Life becomes contagious. Can we do that? Can we start spreading the germ of life (laughs) so that it's contagious? The way we talk about our children, the way we talk about future children, the way we treat our children, the way we treat fellow human beings, the way we respect life, those are all added and they all count toward the culture that we create. Even those that we disagree with, can we approach them with love, with honor? Can we approach them knowing that the Father knew them and knitted them together in their mother's womb? That they are here with purpose, even though they might not have discovered it or wanted it yet doesn't negate the truth of who every human, born and unborn, who they are here on this earth. I believe it. I'm going to continue to talk about it because I'm so passionate about it. That's why we're here. It's what we do. So thank you for connecting to another podcast this week. I look forward to coming again next week and continuing to give cultural truths and topics that we can discuss that we can grow, that we can mold and shape. Because as Christians and as families, we are the molders and we are the shapers. So let's go together now to set and shape the culture.